This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, was salatu was salamu ala ashrafil mabuthi, ashrafil khalki ajma'in, nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa tabi'in. Woman tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yumiddin. Mothers and sisters, inshallah, like I said, we will be commencing from verse number 39 of Surah Saba, page number 422 of the Sahih International Translation, and page number 578 of the Noble Quran. Uh, my mothers and sisters, the verses that we've just read before you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains so beautifully, so beautifully, as to the fact that he is in control and he sent messengers to us to remind us and the way some of the people reacted to these messengers and what they said. Before we go into this, uh, let's learn something. How do we look at the verses of the Qur'an? We will read their meanings, we will try and understand them and we will apply them as best as we can in our own situation. That is the way that we are meant to be learning from this Qur'an, which is the word of Allah, which is valid right up to the end of time, right up to Qiyamah. Its message is valid and it is powerful and it is something that we will always learn from. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell them, Indeed, my Lord extends provision for whom he wills of his servants and he restricts it for him. So, but whatever thing you spend in his cause, he will compensate it and he is the best of providers. Let's stop there for a moment. This verse Allah is telling us that it is Allah who chooses to give more to some people and less to some people. Whether you have more or less does not make you a better person or a worse person. But what makes you a better person is when you spend what you have in his cause for the sake of Allah to reach out to others, to assist the cause of the deen, to use that money in a way that it will be of benefit. That is the winner. So if a person has very little wealth, say for example your bank balance is $1,000, and you can spend out of that $100 for the cause of Allah, you have spent 10%. That would perhaps be better than a person who might have spent $1,000 when their bank balance might have been a million dollars. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who realize and understand. Also, when we spend in the cause, we should never ever spend in order to clock mileage out of it so that people can know us as spenders. I spent money, so now I must be a big shot. And now everyone must know that I am the one who spends and I am the guy who has a say in this and in that because I spent my money. If that was the case then we have spent in order to achieve something that we will probably achieve and the reward will not be there. Or it will be minimized. So the correct way is to spend in a way that we remain as humble as possible. I met a brother, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him goodness, simple, humble person who greeted us and spoke to us in the most humble way. And after he left and he was gone, uh, I was informed of who he was. And I, I realized that this man was ext- 
extremely wealthy, very, very highly influential and extremely knowledgeable. And yet he was down to earth. And wallahi, it brought a smile to my face to say there are still such people on the globe. And may Allah make us from those. Because my mothers and sisters, if your wealth makes you arrogant, you have lost. If your knowledge makes you arrogant, you have lost. If your position makes you arrogant, you have lost. If your looks make you arrogant, you have lost. Allahu Akbar. These are the points of loss. The last three days I spent uh, in the rural areas of Zimbabwe, believe me, I want to say something bold. Their women are dressed far better than us and our women. Completely. The way they fulfill their salah and the time they take to go to the masjid and what they do, it brought tears to my eyes that these are the truly heavenly where are we? We've been spoiled, so we uncover our hair. We're not even bothered to cover it. We've been spoiled, so we cannot even give up music, for example. We've been spoiled, so we are not appreciative of the water that we have running from our taps. We're not even really appreciative of the electricity and so on. We have cozy beds, so we find ourselves sleeping for Salatul Fajr. We have, so, we have beautiful clothing, so we, sell, we find ourselves with the cut that really would only please the devil. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Allah has given us lovely hair, so we're not bothered to cover it. So it's a, it's a lesson to learn when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen people of different levels in the dunya. It does not necessarily mean they will be of the same levels in the akhirah. Perhaps it will be the other way around. But it's a lesson to learn. Let's make the most of this inshallah. And let's, let's learn something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is Allah who gives and Allah restricts. Allah keeps things away from certain people. And all that is a test. When he gives you, it's a test. When he takes away from you, it's a test. When we spend, we spend for the right reasons. When we do something, when we teach, we teach for the right reasons. And you know what? Keep on conveying the correct message, the positive message, the message that is obviously taught by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Rasul. Certain people won't like it, no problem. You cannot have all of the people on your side all of the time. You have to have a very healthy selection of pure enemies who are either outright jealous or who just hate your guts. That's the best of people. The best of people have had enemies who've come out to fight them. Those are the best. Rasulullah was the best of all creatures. He had a healthy chunk of enemies who hated his guts who came out with armies in order to fight him, who tried to kill him on so many occasions. Allahu Akbar. That is the best of creation. So if we have everyone befriending us with no one talking a load of nonsense about us, there's something wrong with us. Perhaps we are hypocrites because you would need to compromise your principle in order to please everyone. When someone steals and you say, no, it's okay, it's one of those things, you know, different people are different, then you're a hypocrite. But the minute you get up and say, brother, you're a thief, what will happen? They will hate your guts. So you must thank Allah that you have a fair share of people who hate you. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This is a point of beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen that he has actually sent down to us. So Allah says, but whatever thing you spend in his cause, he will compensate it. Do you believe that? He is the best of providers. Allah says, وَهُوَ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ So when you spend something, whether it's your time, your effort, your energy, you know, whether you sacrifice your bad, whatever you do, Allah says, He will recompense it. He will compensate it with something better. In the dunya as well as in the akhirah. I know of a businessman who told me that every time I spend 
that day my business is better than the previous days and the other days. And every time I do something, I find the season comes where I do better than other days. That is yaqeen, it comes with conviction. When you do not have conviction, this doesn't come because you don't believe. In order for this compensation, you need to be a believer. Sometimes Allah might give it to you even if belief is weak. But Allah says, then there will come a time when we will test you. When we test you by taking things away, so you suffer a loss, another loss. Allah says, downgrade, downgrade your lifestyle. Why? We, we, want, we want you to downgrade it. To know that this dunya and this world is really worth nothing. And it's really not the main object of your life. If the main object of your life is to look for the best husband in the world, you might remain unmarried. Because that's the wrong object. Your object should be paradise. It should be Jannah. Whether or not you got married in this world or whether or not he was a top man or whatever. That's all minor. It's all just pastime of this dunya. Alhamdulillah. But we make that the main object. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want them to do this. I want this to happen, that to happen. Allah has not chosen that for you maybe. So we lose focus upon paradise because a few things we desperately wanted in this temporary world, we didn't get. Allah knows it was better for you to remain how you are. Sometimes uh, the main object in life is that the pimples on our face go away. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah protect us. I know we're speaking to mothers and sisters, but it's a reality. People get so depressed. Oh, big deal. I've been really with yellow zits on my face and alhamdulillah it's such a beautiful feeling when you know that you're reading your salah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, my mothers and sisters, this is something beautiful. The only reason I'm giving you real life examples is because some people, their main object in their life is that their hair is restored. And Allah says, we don't want that hair to be restored for you because we want you to cover your head. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, I'm just giving you typical examples. Some people, their main object in life is to get a good job. Allah says, I don't want you to be employed. You look for 20 years for a job and you won't get it. Because Allah says, you know why? We want you to have conviction that we are in charge. That's all. And that your main aim should be paradise. The, the Quran, or should I say, the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu the dua, Oh Allah, never let this worldly life in any of its ways become the main aim or the main uh, objective of ours. Never. Rather, let, the, let paradise be our main objective. Once paradise is your main objective, you, you realize you're a traveler on your way home. You are a traveler on your way home. So subhanAllah, some people live for good food. So when good food doesn't come onto the table, they make tantrums. I know this might be men more than women, but sometimes even women. Allah protect us. So, so Allah says, we will give you such a sickness that you won't be able to eat that food. Because we just want you to know that life is not all about having nice food. Life is not all about having this and having that. Allah says sometimes we will give you children, we will not give you children. Some of the children may be obedient, some may not be obedient. You may go through divorce once or twice, you may go through it more. And it, that is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. It's part of your test, it's like an obstacle. You do not choose the questions that, that, are, that are there for grade 7 or O level or any other examination. But the examiner chooses the questions and you cannot come up and say, listen, this question I don't want it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer it. I don't want to go through through this examination. Geography paper 1, geography paper 2. If they want, they can introduce a geography paper 3. And you have to answer the questions, otherwise geography, you get a fail. Allahu Akbar. So what happens? Life, Jannah, we have different papers we write every day. So Allah says, this is part of your question or part of your test. You have to, we want to see how will you respond when we tell you no children. May Allah grant those who don't have kids, kids. I mean, you make dua, it brings you closer to Allah. How will you respond when we tell you you're going to lose your loved ones? 
How will you respond when we tell you you will be accused of something you didn't do? How will you respond when we, when we want to test you by saying uh, you will, for example, have sins that are very easily committable and we want to see what you do? So the Quran says that when a person has easy access to sin and they remain away from it, those people are far higher in piety than a person who never had access to the sin in the first place. I hope you just understood what I said. So those who are able to, for example, dress in an inappropriate way, and, and nobody would, have, in fact, people would encourage them in that direction, and still they decide and they choose to dress appropriately, they are the ones whom, who are passing their tests. Those who have the whole lot of beat CDs and they still give it all up, they are the ones whom, who have perhaps better exam results. It's Allah's test. Allah says, we gave you money just to see how will you use it. And yet we blow it on certain things. Sometimes you have people gambling it out, you know, and sometimes we have them doing wrong things. You have a wedding, for example, in your home. Uh, do you separate it or not? Do you have a function that will please us or not? It's just a test. And you're going to go through it once or twice in your life. And then uh, that exam is over. Your result is written. And then you wait for the day you're given your certificate. Allahu Akbar. But we have weddings. And then what we do is we forget Allah. That's all. And then we want happiness in the wedding. So Allah's forgotten. And then... Allahu Akbar. And then we want to pass the examination. So Allah says, hang on, we will still give you a chance to rewrite the exam, although we are not going to make you go through that same wedding again, but rewrite it by tawbah and repentance. That's all beautiful, subhanAllah. Imagine, uh, as you've written your examination, you are in the exam room outside, before your results come out, someone tells you, hey, you wrote the wrong answer. So you just stand by the, by the door there and say, I'm sorry, this is the right answer. And they say, okay, you got it right. Allahu Akbar. That can happen with Allah alone. Where you, you make tawbah. After you've committed a sin, you wrote the wrong answer. Then you stand and you say, Ya Allah, forgive me, I won't do it again. Now I know the proper answer. Allah says, my worshiper, I waited for that. You still have time. You're still alive. Amazing. Amazing mercy of an amazing Rabb. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand why He created us. And how and why we're going to go back to Him. So Allah says, and mention the day when he will gather them all and then say to the angels, did these people used to worship you? That's a question. Allah says, tell them. There were people who used to worship the angels. They used to, they used to worship jinn kind. They used to worship things thinking that these were other things. Allah told you and I, do not worship the angels, do not worship jinn kind, do not worship mankind, do not worship creatures, do not worship anything. No sticks, no stones, no graves, no trees, no animals, no nothing besides Allah. Allah alone is the owner of worship. That's Islam. That is the core of Islam. That is what makes you a Muslim. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah, it means there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Read that a million times and ask yourself, what does it mean? There is none worthy of what? Worship. We said it since we were kids, but we, never thought, we, we did not think of its meaning. So we worship this sheikh and this saint and this grave and this tree and so on, not realizing that, but we utter, there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. And Muhammad sallallahu abduhu wa rasuluhu is his, is his slave, his messenger, the final messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He too worships Allah alone. Abdun means a worshiper of. He is his worshiper and messenger. It means a slave of. So we ask Allah to make us more conscious of words we utter. Because my mothers and sisters, the devil comes to us and makes us say words that we never ever ponder over their meanings. So there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. So the angels will be asked a question. 
on that day. Did these people used to worship you? So they will say, the angels will say, Exalted are you, O Allah. You, O Allah, are our benefactor. Excluding them, which means not them. You are the one who is in absolute control. You give us, you provide for us. You are in charge of us, not them. Rather, they used to worship the jinn. Most of them were believers in them. Did you hear that? The Quran says most. Most of them were believers in them. The jinn here includes jinn kind, devil kind, shayateen and so on. The devil comes to us, we are quick to respond. When Allah comes to us, we don't want. When a verse is recited to us that does not suit us, finished. We just kick it aside and say, I'm not interested. Whether it's inheritance or no matter what else it is. There are so many topics that sometimes don't suit us, so we just kick them off. And why? Because we want more money. We want more wealth. We want what we think is happiness. Allah says, you won't get happiness. You will only survive in this world with a content heart if you surrender that same heart to the owner of contentment who is Allah. Allahu Akbar. Powerful, powerful. If you are doubting whether or not you would like to surrender to the owner of contentment, then do not expect that contentment. You be happy. Look what Allah says, Allah inna awliya Allahi. لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ Behold, the friends of Allah, no fear ever upon them, nor will they grieve. So no matter what happens in the dunya as well as in the akhirah, no fear overtakes you, nor do you grieve. Because you know that Allah is your Rabb. Who are these people who never fear and never grieve? They are the ones who believe, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ Those who believe and they used to fear Allah. They used to be conscious of Allah all the time. Conscious of my maker, I'm going to go back to him. If we have these qualities, we won't fear nor will we grieve. Because every time fear is trying to creep into us, Allah and our, our belief in Allah overcomes that condition that we are beginning to enter into and it's suddenly erased. We feel good, we feel happy. We are smiling all the time. People sometimes smile so much that you never know what they are concealing inside. They go through lots of tests but they're still happy. They are not fearful. They know that Allah loves them. And they know that every test is an opportunity to get closeness to Allah. Amazing. Amazing. So my mothers and sisters, Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, they used to worship the jinn. Most of them were believers in the jinn. You know, sometimes we have people, and this is a very big crisis in the ummah, where small things happen, we go to some maulana and some sheikh, and we say, someone did something on me, and they are... are, are are bold enough to tell you that yes, someone definitely did something on you, that's why you're failing. Uh, and you know what? The name of the person is X, Y, or Z. And sometimes they tell you it's from amongst your own relatives. Now, I want to pause for a moment because believe me, we've been through this before. When they tell you someone has did something to you, a lot of the times it's based on information given to them by the jinn. And the jinn are liars. If there is a pious jinn, it will have nothing to do with mankind. It goes away. It, it does its own thing. They have their own systems. Those are the pious jinn. They call them the clean ones. They call them uh, the worshipping ones, the Muslim ones. They never ever come close to any of mankind. But it is those who come close to these people who claim to know who did what upon you or me. And they give you a name of a person or they tell you it's from you amongst your own family. 
100% of the time they are lying. They are lying. 100%. In fact, 110% of the time they are lying. We need to know this. The reason is, you will say, every time this person passes, I get a migraine or I faint. That's because the devil makes you faint, yet they are still innocent. Allahu Akbar. Every time this person passes my house, that that Mawlana told me did something on me, I faint, I get these cramps, this happens to me, that happens to me. Well, to be honest, the jinn is making that happen to you. Not because that person was guilty, they are innocent, but they want you to worship them. When Allah says, none knows the unseen besides Allah, then we start saying, no, so does the jinn and so does that Mawlana down the road. So that is association of partnership with Allah which is unforgivable. Unforgivable. It's actually something that is... And people are so convinced because they see stupid signs of the dunya in front of them. They see little signs. Oh, I know definitely because I've got a problem with her. You know, in, when, I, when I see things, I see her face in the ceiling. Yes, it happens. The jinn is showing you her face. She's innocent still. She's innocent. Allahu Akbar. We, our iman is weak. We are sinful sometimes. We do so many wrong things. And then we expect not to be attacked by the devil. And then sometimes these people who come and give us names don't realize that shaitan's main aim is to make us associate partners with Allah and to destroy family relations so that we can commit sin upon sin. Allahu Akbar. So they will come to you or me and they will tell you X, Y and Z. If you tell the jinn you are lying, the jinn will give you another name. I know. And if you tell the jinn you're still lying, the jinn will give you a third name and continue giving names of all your friends and family until you are lonely in one corner of your home. Until your husband's name comes out and so does your kids and your parents. And then what happens? Only Allah knows. May Allah protect us. So this is why never worship the devil. Allah says here in this verse, and this is a very, it's a very solid, somber verse, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying quite clearly that the angels will say, exalted are you, O Allah. Rather, these people used to worship the jinn. Most of them were believers in them. May Allah protect us. Verse number 42, Allah says, But today, the day of judgment, you do not hold for one another the power of benefit or harm. It's Allah who is in control. And we will say to those who wronged, taste the punishment of the fire which you used to deny. May Allah protect us. We believe in the fire and we believe it is the truth. And we believe we should actively work to protect ourselves from it. May Allah forgive our sins. Ya Allah, forgive our sins. We've done so many sins, we've lost count of the sins we've committed. And sometimes we don't even realize that what we've just done is a sin. Sometimes we're so convinced that what we did is right, not realizing it's actually totally wrong. So may Allah forgive us for that and guide us. Ask Allah for guidance. Sometimes we commit sins that are deadly without realizing that our world is turned upside down and then the akhirah is turned, up, turned upside down. You know, I had this morning, someone was telling me that so and so and so and so and so and so and these people made me go through so much but look, they're enjoying life. Why doesn't Allah fix them up? So I said, what are you bothered about them being fixed up? That's Allah's job. Allah will do whatever He wants. He might do it here, He might do it there, and He might do it here and there. But that's Allah's job. You don't worry. Your concern and your desperation to witness their punishment so that it can soothe your heart is actually making you more depressed. So you just carry on with your own life for as long as you are saved from them and for as long as everything carries on in the right direction for you, why bother about whether or not they taste the punishment in this world? So Allah might choose to give them a lovely life, beautiful, excellent. So that's Allah's choice. And Allah might choose to turn their world upside down. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. Then Allah says, And when our verses are recited to them as clear evidences, they say, Listen, my dear mothers and sisters, listen carefully. This verse makes me cry. It gives me a lot of comfort. When our verses are recited to them as clear evidences, right? They say, This is not but a man who wishes to avert you from that which your fathers were worshipping. You see, whenever clear verses come to them, the disbelievers, what happens? They, they are quick to say, no, this man is mad, he's, he's a deviant, he's diverted, he's astray, and don't listen to him. Allahu Akbar. He wants to divert you from what your forefathers were worshipping. This is what Allah says. Imagine my Rabb, the one who made me, is telling me. And this is why I get so much comfort from it, because really it applies to me in my life, and to you in your lives. Whenever you hear the right things, people will tell you, hey, watch out, don't listen to this, it's dangerous, it's deadly. You know what, they want to just avert you and divert you from what your forefathers did. Well, if what my forefathers did was right, alhamdulillah, and if what they did was wrong, then yarhamuhumullah. May Allah have mercy on them, and on me as well. So, when our verses are recited to them as clear evidences, they say, this is not but a man who wishes to avert you from that which your forefathers or your fathers were worshipping. And they say, this is not but a lie invented. They say, this is a lie. And those who disbelieve say of the truth when it has come to them, that this is obvious magic. Obvious magic. So they blame the, the people who promote the truth, they blame them to be liars, they blame them to be magicians, and they blame them saying that these people would like to divert you from what your fathers have been doing all these generations. Well, if our fathers were doing what was right, alhamdulillah, if they were doing what was wrong, they will answer for their deeds and we will answer for our deeds. So why must we continue following that which was wrong? Imagine if people were to tell you one plus one is three, and you say, my grandfather taught me that. Who is this teacher here? Well, you are the fool. The calculator will tell you one plus one is two. You say, no, my father told me three. Who is this calculator here? Wallahi, well, we are laughing because it's a fact. We do that with religion. Open, clear-cut verses of the Quran and we say, Dada. If Dada was understanding those verses, Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah grant us ease and goodness. Wallahi, Wallahi we make dua for our forefathers that, uh, you know, Really, they, they worked very hard according to their own capacities and capabilities. Where they were correct, alhamdulillah. Where they were wrong, may Allah forgive them and guide us. And where we are wrong, may Allah forgive us and guide us too. So it's a constant search. Look, people will tell you, ah, it's, these people are deviant. Well, most probably they are right. Because the people who are on the right path won't always tell you this and that about this one. And they do the right thing and they carry on. But you find the, the right work irritates those who are on the wrong path. Why? Because it's correct. That which is correct irritates that which is wrong. May Allah protect us all and grant us goodness. That's verse number 43. For me, if I just read that verse a few times a day, or a few times whenever I'm feeling a little bit low, when you hear people attack you here and there, and you say, well, they did it to Muhammad it's a sign of acceptance. You have to have a healthy, beautiful, solid chunk of, of prime enemies who are out to get you. That's all. That's when you know you're heading in the right direction. Alhamdulillah. You propel, you increase, you try and remain as positive as you, as you can. And you thank Allah for those whom He has planted with you. You thank Allah for those whom He has planted to support you, to stand by your side, 
Those whom you look at and they bring a smile to your face. You thank Allah for that because Allah knows that on one hand you will have die-hard enemies and the other hand you have die-hard supporters. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us realize what is the truth. Even when we are going wrong, may Allah guide us back to the straight path and keep us on it. So then verse number 44, Allah says, And we had not given them any scriptures which they could study. And we had not sent them before you, O Muhammad wasallam, any warner. You are the first warner that came to them. And still they have this audacity to say what they are saying. We did not give them a scripture before you, your people of Mecca. And nor did we send them a messenger before you. You were the first. That scripture was the first for these people of Quraysh and so on. So they still have the audacity to say our forefathers. The forefathers were worshipping idols. They were worshipping people. They were worshipping stones. They used to worship animals. And they used to worship objects. And they used to worship the, the nature and so on. So Allah is saying, look at them. We sent them scriptures and we're sending them a messenger. And now they're saying he's a magician. They're saying he's a liar. And they're saying that he's a deviant. Then verse number 45, Allah says, And those before them denied. And they have not attained even a tenth of what we had given them. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You know when you hear the word mi'shar, when you hear the word mi'shar, it means one tenth. So what is Allah saying? Allah is saying, the people before you had denied us. We destroyed them to smithereens. But you don't even have one-tenth of what we gave them in terms of power, might, wealth, and so on. Yet you think you are going to be saved? Allahu Akbar. If you had a Voxol of 1969 and you bashed into the wall, the wall would break. Today if you have the latest Mercedes of 2013 and you knock into a wall, you won't have a Mercedes. The wall will be intact. Why? It is not one-tenth of the strength of the Vauxhall of 1960. You do, do you know that? Allahu Akbar. Look at the example we've got to give in order for us to, to understand. So my mothers and sisters, Allah is telling us, you want to be saved when what you have is not even one-tenth of the might and the strength and the power and the ability that those people were given. Yet they were totally destroyed. Imagine the Vauxhall of 1960 went into a wall and it was finished completely. Then what does the Mercedes of 2013 stand in terms of a chance? Absolutely nil. It will be blown by the wind. May Allah grant us good use of our motor vehicles. Amen. I mean, not that I have anything against Mercedes. Wallah, it's a beautiful car. MashaAllah. Especially the S-Class. The S63 is a lovely vehicle. My mothers and sisters, here you have. Verse number 44, Allah is saying, And we had not given them scriptures. We went through that verse. Verse number 45, And those before them denied, and they have not attained, meaning, and they, meaning the people of Makkah, have not even attained a tenth of what we had given them, but... They denied my messengers, so how terrible was my reproach. I've already explained this verse to you, that the people before denied, they were much stronger, but they were destroyed. Why do we think if we deny, we will not be destroyed? Do we think we are more mighty? Allah says, no, you're not. You're weaker. 
You know, they, today I spend three days, for example, in the rural areas, and believe me, it saps you, it drains you. It, you, you, you know, you get headaches, you get dehydrated, you get sunburnt, you feel so, just because of three days. They live their whole lives there. Allahu Akbar. There were people who lived, and there are still people who live in huts and who live under whatever, whatever. We have all the facilities. We have air conditioning and everything, and still we faint of dehydration. Allahu Akbar. And then we still think that Allah is not going to uh, get us or grab us for what we've been doing. May Allah forgive us. Tawbah is the way out. Mothers and sisters seeking Allah's forgiveness and changing our ways. That's the way out. Let's continue. So Allah says, say. <clears throat> this is beautiful. Too good. So sweet. So true. Allah says, oh Muhammad sallam, tell them. I only advise you of one thing. There's only one thing you need to do. This is what Muhammad was instructed to advise. He says, I only advise you one thing. What is that thing? That you stand for Allah, seeking truth in pairs and individually, and then give it a thought. Give it a thought. Give what a thought? Your companion is not mad. Didn't you say moments ago that he was mad? So Allah is saying, your companion is not mad. What he is telling you is not madness. He is a warner to you before a severe punishment. That's all. Wallahi, if you read this verse, it is so powerful, so beautiful, so magnificent. Allah is saying, oh Muhammad wasallam, tell them that we only want you to do one thing. What is it? We want you to stand for Allah and search for the truth, whether you do it in pairs or individually. And tell yourself that this man who's come to us with this powerful message is not a madman, but he's only a warner to you before a severe punishment. Let's stop there. What Allah is saying, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is, you see, as humankind, when we are corrected, we are quick to say, that's a madman, that's a jealous person, this person is a brat, this person is wrong, this person is like that, this person is astray. But what they are saying is the truth. It is absolute nail on the head. That's what it is. But we don't like it. Why? Man, it's the nature of man. Man doesn't like to be told in most cases, so they fail the test. They fail the test. Your teacher is telling you, like I always give the example, one plus one is two. But because your forefathers told you it was three, you tell the people this teacher is astray, he's a madman, we're going to make his life difficult, we're going to sort him out, we're not going to listen to him from tomorrow, no more school. That's what we do. Well, who lost out? You. Why? Because your answer was wrong and you did not want what was right. That's all. You denied it. The quicker you agree that one plus one is two, the sooner you'll be able to pass your exam and move on to the next year. And the sooner you will have contentment and earn the pleasure of Allah. There you are. You can apply my statement, I said, in everything completely from top to bottom. You can apply it if you are powerful in application. This is what Allah is saying. Allah is saying, look, we sent a man to you. He's not a madman. Just think about it. What he said, maybe you don't like. Maybe you will have to adjust a lot in order to understand it in order to be able to put it into practice. But that is the answer. That is the way forward. There is no other way. Not at all. So the sooner you get on board, the sooner you'll be able to have your happiness, your contentment with or without what your whims and fancies desire. So when you've aimed in life to have one thing and you don't ever get it, you're still the happiest person in the dunya because now you're convinced that Allah is in charge and He just doesn't want to give it to me. And if He doesn't want to give it to me, Alhamdulillah, I'm happy. 
It's like when Muhammad ﷺ's children were taken away from him one by one in the form of death. He always said, Oh Allah, for you is what belonged to you in the first place and for you is what you took away. You took it away, alhamdulillah, we're not competing with you. We are happy with your decree and decision. If this is what you decide, we are not competing with it. It's yours. It was always yours. We thank you for giving us the chance to look after it for a little while. How many of us can say that about our own children? If they were to go before us, we become depressed. We look for a reason to blame so that we feel nice and comfortable. So that, you know what, this happened, but this was the whole thing. No. Allah said, this is what will happen to test you. Don't fail your test. May Allah grant us goodness. Yes, it's easier to say than to act, but it is the action upon it that will earn us paradise. So, Allah says, O Muhammad wasallam, tell them I only advise you one thing. Stand for Allah seeking the truth. Search for the truth all the time. Search for it high and low, hard. And this is why I've always said, my mothers and sisters, I don't know what's going to happen to a person who died without having read the meaning of the Qur'an. I don't know. I, I cannot guarantee anything. Nobody can guarantee anything anyway. But it's worse. Imagine you died. You actually died and you never read what Allah sent to you. You never understood it. Come on. Your maker may, you actually allowed yourself to die without having gone through the translation of the words of your own maker who made you. A'udhu billah. What are you going to tell Allah? He says, I sent you a book. You say, what book? Oh, I read it, I recited it. But you did not ever try to understand what we said. You have no answer. May Allah not do that to us. I cannot put it across more powerfully than what I just said. It's Allah who can convince us. Make the time every day to go through a page or two in the English language. Like I told you, Sahih International. My mothers and sisters, I can offer you an offer. Anyone who wants a copy of the Sahih International, put your names down. I'll try and get it for you for free. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We get a piece of paper on condition that you attend this session because it shows that you are a serious person who really wants to go through the, 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 the deen. And don't collect for other people. No, you can photocopy it for them. And I will try within the next few weeks or a month to get you as many copies as we need to fulfill the gap of the sisters so that you can read the beautiful words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will shake you and move you. Believe me. They will wake you up. If your life doesn't change with the words of Allah, nothing else will change your life. Nothing. Because that's the most powerful word. So I give you that offer. Anyone has a piece of paper, you can get it across to one of my nieces there, inshallah. And you write the names down as you're exiting. Who it is. Put your name, your number. Your name, your number, inshallah. And they will get hold of you in a few weeks. I will try to bring it from wherever I have to in order to get it across to you. The most simple English translation I've ever come across. Sahih International. And it is correct. It's a good one, mashallah. So now Allah says, Say, Whatever payment I might have asked of you, it is yours. My payment is only from Allah. And He is over all things a witness. This is verse number 47 of the same surah. If I were to just read the, 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 uh, the Arabic, قُلْ مَا سَأَلْتُكُمْ مِنْ أَجْرٍ فَهُوَ لَكُمْ إِنْ أَجْرِيَ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ so Muhammad ﷺ is being instructed to say that my reward is actually with Allah. I'm not asking you of anything. Whatever I've asked you in terms of zakat, if you have had to pay zakat and so on, it's for you, not for me. It's actually for you and your benefit to reach out to one another. That is something for your benefit. But you need to know that for myself, I've asked you nothing, absolutely nothing. And I have been instructed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, 
شَهِيدٌ That Allah is indeed witness over all things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witness over all things. Then say, indeed, my Lord projects the truth. He is the knower of the unseen. Allah is the knower of the unseen. Some of this knowledge of the unseen, He, he provides it to the, some of the, those whom He has chosen, such as Rasulullah sallallahu was given a part of the knowledge of the unseen in the sense that Allah told him certain things that were unseen to us. So this is Allah's choice. But the knower of the unseen is only one. The knower of the absolute unseen is only Allah. None but Allah. There is no shirk with him in that particular quality of his or for that matter in any qualities or names of his. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Say, the truth has come and falsehood can neither begin anything nor repeat. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, say the truth has come. Once you understand the message of Allah, once you go through it, once you realize the man is not a madman, once you realize that the message is solid, then Allah says, say the truth has come and the falsehood can neither begin anything nor repeat it. It's gone and gone forever. It's over. This expression alludes to complete inability, meaning that falsehood was abolished totally. Say, if I should err, I would only err against myself. But if I am guided, it is by what my Lord reveals to me. Indeed, He is hearing and near. Allah is hearing. He hears everything and He is very, very near. You remember this. My mothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through, Allah is hearing everything and He knows. He is very, very near. He is nearer to us than we are to ourselves. Say, or oh, the next verse, verse number 51, and if you could see when they are terrified, but there is no escape, and they will be seized from a place nearby. This is obviously connected to a few things. This is more of a glimpse of the hereafter. <clears throat> and also at the point of the death of a person, we have absolutely nowhere to run. No way. Today if someone is hunting you down, you can run here, run there, do whatever. But believe me, death comes, no ways. So listen, if you could see when they are terrified, there is no escape and they will be seized from a place nearby. Allahu Akbar. We cannot run away from Allah. Nor will those who have transgressed be able to run away from Allah. And they will then say, we believe in it. Too late. If they say, we believe in it afterwards, it's too late. We've got to believe in it now. What's the point of belief after you've seen? It's no longer called belief. So they will then say, we believe in it. But how for them will be the taking of faith from a place far away? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who understand. They had already disbelieved in it before and would assault the unseen from a place far away. Now if we go back to the footnote, we'll see what it says here. They used to, they used to deny, they used to verbally utter, make utterances that would be of denial of the truth. So Allah says, they have already, sitting far away, when they were in the dunya, they used to say all dirty things. Now it's too late. So then Allah says, and this is the last verse of the Qur'an, uh, sorry, of this particular surah, surah Saba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and prevention will be placed between them and what they desire, as was done with their kind before. Indeed, they were 
in disquieting doubt, meaning they were in denial. They were in denial. May Allah not make us from amongst those. Allah says, what people desire, what they loved, what they wanted, there will be a barrier between them and those items. Those things or those people. A barrier. Why? The same had happened to, the, to those before. If you want goodness in the akhirah, you need to work towards goodness in the dunya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. May He grant us every form of goodness. These were beautiful verses of this particular surah. Obviously we went into detail with some, and some we did not go in with so much detail. But the message is loud and clear. Let's understand the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's not be like those who always call those who call us towards the truth astray. And let's be from amongst those who realize and understand the message and the effort that is put in it. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us even a little bit through His mercy. May He grant us forgiveness and may He make us love one another for His sake. And may He make us focus upon Jannah and the Akhirah in such a way that all the difficulties of this dunya become so easy and become just an issue by the way. Inshallah, we meet again sometime. Remember to get the names down for anyone who would like a copy of that Sahih International. We'll try and get that as soon as possible. May Allah protect us. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.